make sure you're trending up. And if you're trending up, then you should be able to gradually grow your business over time. Hey, it would be nice for me to say, okay, I'm gonna do $100 million in revenue next year. And unless I did some drastic things, it's gonna be hard to just take that leap. It's one of those things that you need to maybe have a little bit of patience and realize that you've gotta do things, um, build things in a smart way. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. It is. It's wonderful. We've got a jam-packed episode. We do have a jam-packed episode. Do podcast episodes? Yeah, they're episodes. Sure. Nonsense. They're episodes. Yeah. So this is probably episode number... Something something? 30 something. 33, maybe? I'm just guessing. No idea. I don't really know for sure. But we'll find out. So today, we have a very exciting episode. And I kind of plucked this information from our land conquest training program, which is our training program all about land flipping. And today's topic is going to be scaling your land flipping business. Right. Well, there's a lot of people that have gotten really involved into it. And then they get to a point where they're like, now what? Like, yeah. you know, like, how do I take this to the next level? So yeah. this is the episode just for you guys. Yeah. So in the land flipping business and in many businesses, really, a lot of them start out as a single person type situation. You know, you start by yourself, you do pretty much everything. You do all roles, you you wear all the hats, as they would say. And then you get to a certain point where you get busy and mm -hmm. you get too busy. And then you start to think to yourself, I wonder if I hired someone, if I could do a lot more deals. And if I hired someone, could I teach them some of the stuff that I do? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, that's how some businesses and a lot of businesses grow. That's how small businesses turn into large businesses over time. And a lot of people use the term scaling. So right. That's kind of a cool term. Yeah. These days. And, you know, and it, it just comes down to where do you want this to go? Some people are completely happy. Just this is my, you know, this is what I'm doing. I just want it to be me. Like we've talked before where some people only do it during certain times of the year. Like if you live in a very slow not slow, snow, cold, cold. Thank you. I was like a, a snow filled area. You might say, you know what? I'm probably not going to sell real estate in the dead of winter. Right. Or maybe you will. I, you know, it just depends. But so there's a lot of decisions that go into this and some people are completely happy being a, you know, just a solo practitioner. But a lot of people get to that point where they're like, okay, but now what, like, how do I do it? Mm -hmm. and, and that's the big thing because it's what, can you outsource? What can you not outsource? What should you outsource? And then there's the the biggest hurdle, I think, is the internal one where no one else is going to do this as, as good as I am. Yes. So it's pointless and it's going to take time to train somebody. And I'll never find the right person. All these excuses you tell yourself just because you're like scared to give up control. And I've struggled with that a lot. Actually. Why do you think I brought it up? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. Heather's always on me, you know, like. Is that something you should well, be doing? Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the the real thing is leverage. You know, how can you leverage what you've got, whether that's uh, money or resources to throw at this business to make it larger? Or, you know, maybe you can employ some software mm -hmm. to kind of leverage your business that way and to get a lot of those tasks automated. And the other thing is people. You know, how are you going to bring on people onto your team to do a lot of those things that are taking up all your time and kind of keeping you back from doing more and more business? Right. So, and the other thing is... You you don't need to be scared of like, okay, I'm going to have to hire 5 billion employees because a lot of these things that you outsource to other people, they have their own companies doing it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that, you know, you're, you're, if you're anti, you know, bringing on formal employees, there's still ways to do this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of industries that have popped up, but it's about finding the right solution, not the easiest solution. Yeah, that's true. You know, if you're talking about the people side of things, it's about finding the right people, not mm -hmm. the easiest solution on that. Because the easiest thing a lot of times is, you know, to hire your your best friends, Aunt. you know, aunt's who needs kid a job. Who, right, needs, yeah. Yeah, who needs a job. And we've done that. We've been there, done mm -hmm. that. And those situations rarely work out. The big thing is don't hire somebody because they need a job. Mm -hmm. Hire somebody because you need someone to help you with it. Right. You know, and hire the right something. person for that role. Who, what podcast was I listening to? It was all about that. Hire fast, fire faster. Mm, yes. This sounds very cold. Yes. But And I don't mean it like fire, fire. Well, I think they meant it as literally fire. But I mean that as like, find a solution, do it. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. Just keep going until you find the right one. Yeah, no one's going to be perfect. Even if you no. are a rock star human resources person that's 
great at hiring people, you're not going to be perfect. No, is it Gary Vee that says, is it? Yeah, is, I think that's Gary Vee's term. Hire well, fast. No, faster. I don't think it was him. For that one. I think Gary Vee was the one that was, um, I mean, maybe it was, sorry, Gary Vee, like he's watching this I podcast. Think I've yeah. heard him say that. Oh, really? I don't know I, if it's his original. The one he says, no one is going to love your business as much as you do. Is that's, that him? Yes, I think that is him. Yes, he does him, say that. Right. And that's true because like, why would they? That would be weird. Right. Right. Like if someone was like obsessed with your business, you'd think that was weird. But yet we expect a lot of people to be to that dedicated to a business that's not theirs. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But you just don't realize it. Right. So, so I've got a bunch mm-hmm. of talking points written out uh, for Heather's cheat sheet here. So we're going to go through those kind of in a, in a more formal way. Uh, but first. Well, but first, uh, if you stay to the end, first of all, we are going to be highlighting some questions from our community, mm-hmm. our land flipping community, which is called Land Conquest. And to get to that community, which is free, by the way, no cost community, uh, it's landconquest.com. There's some big orange buttons on that site. Uh, Just click one of those buttons and sign up for the community. It just takes a couple seconds. But within that community, first of all, the community itself is like really rocking right now. We've got, I think, as of this recording, we've got 1,300 so people in there. And we just started it not that long ago at the beginning of this year. So we've got uh, brand new investors in there. We've got experienced investors doing over a million dollars a year in their land flipping business. We've got tons of questions happening in that community. Lots of interaction. We do some really cool stuff. We do uh, Zoom calls regularly. I share my screen and I break down your deals. You know, you submit a deal. I'll take a look at it, show you how I evaluate these properties, give you my estimate of what I think the property is worth. And uh, yeah, you can submit those deals for for us to look at. And the point of doing that is for you to learn how to evaluate properties because it's really the key of this business. Once you learn how to look at these land deals and know what's a deal, what's not a deal, what's a good property, what's what's not a good property, a whole world full of opportunities is going to open up for you. So we do those regularly. But the cornerstone, the really important thing in that community is the Land Conquest training program. And I know what you're thinking. It's probably something that I'm going to upsell you to when you get into the community. But there's absolutely no cost for it. It's I'm giving it away. Now tell them why you're giving it away. Well, there's a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, it's A to Z, everything you're going to need to know in order to uh, flip land. Mm -hmm. So from the, you know, how to get deals, how to evaluate properties, you know, how to do the transaction sides of things on both sides, how to do all the due diligence and make sure you're actually buying a good property, everything you're going to need to know. It's, it's, it's all there. I'm not it's holding anything back. Everything you need to start and grow and run. Yes, exactly. Your land flipping business. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving it away for free because I know that there will be other opportunities for us to make money. So I am not doing this all out of charity. We've got one big thing, which I would love for you to take advantage of, which is called Partner with Pete. Mm-hmm. Now, Partner with Pete is our funding program, which basically means that you submit a deal to me and I'll look at the deal. And if it looks like a deal, then I'll say, then I say, hey, we'll fund this deal, meaning we'll send all the money to close the transaction. No money out of your pocket. You don't have to do, you know, there's no credit check, no nothing. Um, it's just like all about the deal. So if it's a good deal, I will send the money to close the transaction, do the deal. We'll plug it into our team system. So we'll basically do everything from there, the marketing, the due diligence. We'll pay for any due diligence costs if there are any. Uh, there always are. But just, you know, if there's some, any extra stuff, we do that as well. Like if it needed a septic or a, an survey engineer or, survey or yeah, anything like that, exactly. you cover that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I, I front the cost for it. So mm-hmm. it's it's taken out of the... Your profits Christ- at the end money. and then my Christmas money. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and then at the end of the day, when the property sells, we split the profits 50, 50, mm-hmm. no matter how long it takes 50, 50 profit split. And, uh, you get paid directly from that closing transaction. So very simple program. And I think, you know, we're trying to fill a need there because I know that that's the big stumbling block. That's the big hurdle in this business is being able to have that money sitting in an account ready to take advantage of these deals. Now, you may be thinking, you know, I've got some money so I can do some deals. But, you know, what if I get too many deals in? Well, that's a great problem to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we will, you know, you you just come to us and we look at the deal and it looks good. Then we fund that for you. So at least you'll be able to take advantage of that deal and get 50 percent of the profits rather than just throwing the deal away. Well, the whole thing when when we decided we were going to create this um, course training program. Training program. Sorry, geez, right. I'm messing up all the words. Training program was that you wanted to make sure that any common roadblocks were um, addressed. Mid- yeah, addressed. So in the actual training program itself, but then we got to the point where we're like, okay, so we're training them 
pretty much with everything that you know and have used to grow a successful land flipping business, what were the other issues that we had? And and you said, well, the one was funding, right? Like if you're always concerned or you were in the beginning, like, okay, I know I can get these deals, but at some point we'll max out what we, you know, are have available to, to use for this right. and what I can talk Heather into. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, and so we were thinking, okay, well, that actually didn't turn out to be an issue with us, but that was one of our concerns, right? That was the big concern was, okay, this, this could happen. So if, or if we're worried about it, someone else would be worried about it too. So you mitigated that. The second thing was, um, software, Right. Mm-hmm. You were like, OK, we we need to have a really good software program and thinking, well, if we were concerned about creating a good software or having a good software system, other people would. Right. And then what was the third thing? Do you remember? Yeah. Well, um, you know, being able to kind of network and, and learn from people that are steps ahead of you. Right. Step or, or multiple steps ahead of you. So are you looking for funding for your land flipping deal? Then head on over to partnerwithpete.com. It's an innovative new funding program where we split the profits with you 50-50, but we take it one step further and we handle every other step of the process in the land flipping business. Yes, that means we handle all the due diligence. If the property needs any value add like clearing brush, perk test, survey, we'll get that paid for up front. Then when the property resells, we split the profits 50-50. There is absolutely no downside for you as an investor. If we lose money, we don't pass that on to you. But when we make money, when we make profit, we split the proceeds 50-50. So as a recap, we handle every part of the process. We split the profits with you 50-50. There's no downside for you as the investor, only upside. So go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and we'll get it checked out within 24 hours. You can take that as inspiration and then build your business to that level and beyond. Right. So, so we, in the works, you have, um, a software system. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I, I don't really call it a software no, system. What do you call it? I call it a business system. A business system. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a good point too. Okay. So, so basically you took it beyond just a software system. Right. And this is, this is the system that runs our whole company. It's something we developed over the last couple of years and uh, spent tens of thousands of dollars on it in the process. But basically, it covers all the operations of all the different processes within the land flipping business. Mm-hmm. So we've got the acquisition side, we've got the due diligence side, we've got the transaction on the, on the acquisition side, we've got the marketing, we've got the value add, if you're gonna do any value add stuff, and then we've got the resale transaction side as well. These are all separate business processes. There's a lot of automations that can be built into that. Organization is really key, and that's one of the big things we're gonna talk about today in the scaling your business. You gotta have that foundation or you're really gonna get stuck, and it's gonna become um, a, a nightmare in a way. Right, so, and you also did this thinking, okay, there was a time when you did it all yourself, but then there was also a time when you did it, you're doing it with a team, and so you're being very aware of making sure that the business system is for both parts. Yes. If you're doing it on your own, and then also as you grow. Yeah, and exactly, yeah, as you grow, because mm-hmm. I know what uh, our process was. We. You know, I started by myself and then I brought on an assistant, then I brought on another role in the company and it kept adding people. So the system is very flexible to add on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever, whatever your current situation looks like. And then also we have things built in there, like we provide you a, a turnkey website. So you don't have to worry about all that kind of stuff. There, there's a lot that goes into it. We but, just so, want you to be successful. You should be just focusing on on getting the deals and growing your success. And then the rest we've got, you know, taken yep. care of. And then the, the last part, and that's not available yet, by the way. Yeah, yeah we're working on it. I want to, I want to be right before we, we release it. So. You mean he wants it to be absolutely perfect? I'm trying. <laughs> okay. It won't be perfect, but I will do my best. Right, exactly. And then the the last, or the, I shouldn't say the last, because I know we'll keep growing this, but the, the final piece that is high on your level, high on your list right now is- Yes, uh, the mentorship program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are going to have a high-end mentorship program. It's not going to be for everyone, so it's going to be uh, pricey, but it will be high value. So high cost, high value, and it's going to- the goal is to going to take you to to great heights in your land flipping business. Right. So. It's a big deal to me to be completely upfront about that because this program that you or the the training program, sorry, uh, I, I always get these words mixed up, but the training program is of extreme high quality because, as you can see, if we're going to be successful on that side of things, I mean, we have our land investing business that's successful on its own. Right. But if the education side of things is going to be successful, it means that the people that are taking the training program have to reach success. Exactly. They got to be making money. Right. Because 
because all the other stuff won't make sense and won't make money if the people taking the training program are not successful. So that's why it's, that's why that is of such high quality and why you gave away everything, you know, in that field. Right. Um, And also you can take the training program and not do any of the other things. No, I don't care. I mean, that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. We still want you in the community. We're going to celebrate your success. That's great. And if you ever need a deal partner, look us up. Exactly. So there we are. Um, Okay. So we got into that. And then the other last thing I want you to do, or before we get into this is a little snippet about um, in in case somebody's joining us from one of the other podcasts you've been on that might not know who you are. Who are Mm. you? Oh, my name is Pete Reese. And I run a land flipping business Uh started in 2021. Actually, 2020, end of 2020 is when I first stumbled onto this whole land flipping thing. I was trying to find a real estate investing model that I wanted to kind of focus on because I knew I needed to get back into investing. We used to flip homes way back, way back when. And I was at the stage where I wanted to get back into investing, just kind of didn't know which path to take. Reading a bunch of about a bunch of different models that people were doing, apartment investing, buy and hold single family homes, flipping homes. I was thinking about that again, all kinds of different stuff. But I stumbled into some stuff about land flipping and it really piqued my interest because first of all, they were talking about numbers like, hey, I bought this property for 10000 and I sold for 30000 I was like, well, that's great. They tripled their money. And the best part about it was they did it in like two months, mm-hmm. 60 days. And I thought, well, if I could do that kind of stuff over and over again, it's obviously going to be a very profitable business. So I dove in. I started to learn everything I could about the business. I bought a uh, an expensive training program, an expensive course on it. Learned everything I could, networked with a lot of people, and just, just tried to learn as much as I could. I dove headfirst in, sent out a bunch of mail to start generating leads. And then in March of 2021, did our first deal, uh, our first land flip deal, actually resold our first property. And then I proved to Heather that it is possible and and I could do it. That first year, we ended up at about $1.2 million and some change in revenue, almost 50% gross profit margin. Second year, we stepped it up quite a bit from there. We did about uh, almost $3.5 million in revenue. And uh, somewhere around the 40% gross profit margin. And then 2023, we're already at what we did last year, you know, three and a half million plus. And I don't know, hoping to close out the year at $10 million in revenue. So we'll see. You talked about all the different, how much we've made or whatever doing this, but you also have reports that go Mm, into details on this. So he's not just throwing out these numbers because he feels like it right now. This is already out there. So you can go and uh, what's the word? Go deep into our Yeah, deep dive, you know, Uh go to turningprofit.com and you will see monthly income reports. I think I've done 19 of them so far. So each one of those reports shows you exactly what revenue we did that month, how much gross profit we made. Every single deal we did that month, like what we bought it for, what we sold it for, notes on each, how you know, return on investment, all this kind of stuff. I mean, you can go deep in it. Also, I've got another thing on there as well, which is a video I filmed as a screen share thing where I filmed the first 50 deals that we did. Mm-hmm. So those are the first 50 land flipping deals. So if you want to see how what's possible in the business and maybe what your start could look like or whatever, then then go check that out. I think it's pretty valuable. And you started writing this all up because um, our daughters also were interested in getting into the business and you were trying to keep a record like what you'd want to tell them. Um, how they could do it. And then it kind of blossomed from there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and they've gotten into it. Um, Our daughter Madeline um, co-moderates your live Zoom Zoom calls. calls. So uh, if you've got kids, they're both adults, um, but I think that even probably... I don't know, 13, 14, 15 up would probably find it interesting if they're in that right. Yeah. Yeah. And just an anecdote on them. Mm -hmm. They took a starting balance of $8,000 and they parlayed that into $84,000 as over about six deals. Right. Yeah. So So it could be done. They're having fun. And um, okay. So I think you guys know where to find uh, all this information and let's get into today's. Let's get into it. Scaling your land flipping business. Okay. So you're pretty much just saying that this is all about taking each aspect of the business Mm -hmm. and finding solutions or ways for growth. You know, so so basically we covered it. Scaling is kind of expanding your business in all these areas. It could be scaling in revenue. It could be scaling profits, transactions, territories, property types, all this kind of stuff you can scale and look at kind of in their own little compartment and try to grow all those different things. I think a really good tip as you're going through this is find 
find things that you don't aren't thrilled doing and start there. Yes. Like if it's something that you're like kind of dragging your feet to get done, that is where you put your effort into finding someone else to help you. Mm -hmm. The last thing that you should find um, some like additional help for is something that you really enjoy doing. Yeah. Or something that's really in your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Like say you are like amazing talking to people and building rapport with people Mm -hmm. on the phone. Maybe that shouldn't be the first thing that you that you hire out. Right. If I hire out the things you hate the most. Right. You know, that you kind of dread doing and then go from there. And at some point, unfortunately, you're going to have to get help in the ways or in the areas that you enjoy. But that should be the last thing. Right. Okay. so major scaling considerations. Here are some of the kind of major things that you can be looking at. First of all, finances. Mm -hmm. Finances are one of those things you've got to have in place, especially if you're buying all your own properties. But even even marketing costs and everything like that, like they cost money. Mm -hmm. The the more business you want to do, the more all this stuff is going to cost. So you need to start thinking about ways to kind of scale those finances. Business model effectiveness. Um, you can be looking at the business model itself and kind of tweaking that and making it more and more effective. Operations, this can be kind of how everything works together, all these different phases of your business, like how do the, each of these processes work the best? Uh, like how you see, are you integrating it Yes, yeah, so you can improve yeah. those over time to help you scale. Team building, you know, bring the right people into your organization, you know, bring people that are Superstars, you know, that's what we try to find for our team. We mm-hmm. try to find superstars and uh, and we're we're kind of trying to find the right people that fit within our culture as well. And then risks, you know, you need to think about risks because- Our culture is like, because we Zumba on Friday. Yeah. That sounds like, <laughs> well, it's positivity. Uh, we like to be positive. Exactly, yes, that is our thing, our main thing. So risks are one of those things that, you know, more risk, more reward. So as you scale, as you sp- spend more money, as you get more people on your team and everything, the risks- uh, sometimes may increase. So you need to consider some of those aspects and what you're comfortable with. So let's start with the finance category. So to scale your business, you'll definitely need additional funds to fuel your business. So this means more budget for mail, your team, software, mm-hmm. you know, and then also deal purchases if you are funding those yourself. And if you're working with a deal partner, then that side of things can be taken care of. And I think a lot of times that that people go into it thinking they're going to fund it themselves, but the the biggest solution to all this is simply getting a deal funder mm-hmm. or, you know, deal partner, whatever it is, and then using your money, available money to do the other things. Yep. And it balances out. That that would be like the go-to. And then other ways some people kind of get the financing in place is, well, there's a couple different ways. First of all, they'll bring on a partner, which can maybe- Just like a general business partner. Yeah, general business partner, which will maybe be the financial backing mm-hmm. uh, once you've kind of proven the business model to them. So they're interested and then you can use their funds to kind of scale your marketing and some of these other things. You can also take a take a loan, you know, once you prove it to whoever, right. um, you know, maybe it makes sense that you're like, OK, if I just had this extra amount to devote to marketing, then I know I can get it to pay off. So want to learn the secret to building a thriving land flipping business? Head on over to landconquest.com and join over 2,000 passionate land flippers leveraging the power of community to scale quickly. Sign up for free at landconquest.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Obviously, that's kind of where risk comes in because anytime you borrow money, that it adds risk to the equations, but it also means that your potential for a reward might be there. So most all businesses uh, use debt in some way or another. It's just you have to kind of make sure that it's balanced properly. Right. And a line of credits aren't necessarily the most available thing right now, but that could be a credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. So just kind of think of it. What do you need? How long do you need it? But yeah, it just comes down to the risk, Yep. you know, and, and making sure you're comfortable with it. Exactly. So a great way to do things is is to kind of take your business in steps. You close some good deals, you have some extra money sitting there, you devote some extra money towards marketing. So it's continuing to step up. Now, business never goes in like a straight, just a straight type, you know, moonshot up. I mean, it's possible. But normally what happens is it's a little bit like this. So it's kind of like, well, even, it goes up, but, you know, you're going to have a little peaks and valleys and stuff. Right. So. Even in, um, you know, we've been in this for a few years now and like Christmas time, like it's weird, like not Christmas, but just the holidays sometimes will be like a little slower. That's not something you can really control. Mm-hmm. Although maybe actually the holidays, I don't even have it in front of me, might actually be higher because people need money to buy. You know what I mean? It's like, so don't think that like a bad month outside of your control is a bad life. Right. You know we what just I mean? got finished with like the last month was not my best month, but the month before that was our best month ever. Right. So, you know. Right. Well, it's like anything they say, like, look at the three to six month graph. Don't or yeah. when you're losing weight, 
You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. something like you wouldn't like weigh yourself 10 times a day. You'll see the the dips and it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't, you know, right. it's you want to look at the bigger picture. So, yeah, um, the trend line. The tra- thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's not it's not going to be a straight line. There's going to be dips, but it's kind of like the gradual. Yeah. Or when the kids were little and they were gaining weight. Same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. There There's a trend line. So make sure you're trending up. And mm-hmm. if you're trending up, then you should be able to gradually grow your business over time. Hey, it would be nice for me to say, OK, I'm going to do. $100 million in, in revenue next year. While it may be possible, it's it, unless I did some drastic things, it's going to be hard to just take that leap. So most likely going to happen that I'm going to be taking steps in that direction. Mm-hmm. So maybe $10 million, maybe the year after I do $20 million, you know. But it's, uh, it's one of those things that um, you need to maybe have a little bit of patience um, and realize that You've got to do things, um, build things in a smart way. Right. And your wife doesn't have that kind of comfort level. Maybe oh. your new wife would be happy with $100 million, uh, Okay. I mean, oh. I would be happy with the income, but you're I trying know trying to say something out of getting rid of me? $100 million, Yeah. If you came to me and you're like, we're going to increase the budget, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to need a little. We're going to be sending in a million dollars of mail this month. Uh-huh. Would, you, would you be okay with that? I wonder if I would be okay with that. I don't know. Hmm. That's Could kind of a jump, huh? About that. I know, huh? Okay. Uh, anyhow, next thing is business model effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Now, it's always wise to evaluate how you're doing with your current business model. So business models change over time. You know, one thing that that works today, you know, maybe two years from now, it doesn't work as great. So you may want to. That's why it's really important to kind of network with other investors and see what's working out there. Kind of uh, use some of those clues and things that you're learning to maybe adjust your business in one way or another to, to make it more effective. It's like that so. book, Who Moved My Cheese? You need to stay ahead of the curve. Like, yes, this is great. You could just get, you know, so happy eating all this cheese right here. Vegan cheese, I might add. Mm-hmm. But the the reality is that you need to be thinking of tomorrow, too. Enjoy today, but you need to be thinking, okay, where's everything kind of moving? and What's everyone else doing that's working? Yeah. So right now, we generate all of our business with direct mail. If we're tracking our business and we're realizing, oh, the mail's not working anymore. Like, mm-hmm. just people aren't opening mail. or Who knows what the reason is? But. <laughs> right. Maybe we'd consider shifting to another lead generation focus, maybe cold calling, maybe, you know, running TV ads, maybe pay-per-click, you know, all kinds of different things are we possible. We could start sending oh. you to people's doors just by listening. Door knocking. Yeah. Okay. And you'll have to go to their actual house since it's vacant land, but. Okay. Well. Yeah, there we go. That's one way yeah, to Yeah, I don't know that I'll be moving. doing that. Uh, <laughs> okay. So business model effectiveness mm-hmm. is definitely something that you're going to have to, you know. People don't be- think about that enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't. That's, and I think that's a, re- that's probably the number one thing once you've hit success is keeping that in mind. And then you can evaluate stuff like this. So it's maybe not even the mail or the lead generation process. Like you might want to evaluate or really track these things. Like what are the best areas that you're mailing to? Mm -hmm. Uh, What are the property types that you're doing the best with? Which sell quickly? Uh, What price ranges work best for you? All these types of things should be evaluated so you can be refining things over time. Like focus on what's working and, and really double down on those areas. And then think you'll find that scaling will be a lot easier. So. And what about like when you're trying a new area, thinking of like, oh, Amazon has announced a new factory in this area. I, I mean, mean, like, yeah, take ideas like that and see if it works. I've bought properties like that where I've owned a property. I, one specific one, I owned a property in an area like that. And Toyota announced a new plant, you know, a couple miles down the road from this property that I have listed for a while. And then instantly it, it we so, found a buyer. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you just get, yeah, that's like luck of there. the... Yeah. Okay. So the next category is operations. Now, is your business a well-oiled machine with defined processes and automations in place? Mm-hmm. Most businesses are not. No. So I mean, even our business, it's it's a it's a continual process to make it as efficient as possible, to make it a well-oiled machine, to add automations and to add processes over time, to make it what you want it to be, and to make it as profitable as we want it to be. So. That's a continual thing that you'll need to work on. And it's really key when you're scaling your business, because if you've got a lot of automations in place and things like that, you can cut down your staff costs. Some of these things are just repetitive and they can be actually automated once you define those things. And then once you could do that, then you may not need as much manpower or woman power in order to make those those things happen. I say guys a lot, and I mean people of all genders. Okay. But that was interesting that the guys and, and what did you say? Manpower or woman power? power? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know that saying, like, when you know better, you do better. It doesn't have anything to do with this, but I always think of that in this, too, because it's we're constantly learning and technology is evolving so quickly that when we learn of a solution that we can integrate, we jump on it. Yeah. And, and with AI starting to really change mm-hmm. the world. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're looking at with with AI that will be able to help our business and that, 
you know, really help our processes and, you know, just just in many different ways. So we're, we're looking out for those opportunities and implementing them whenever we can. Right. And just because it's working doesn't mean you should just stop and kind of get lazy. Mm-hmm. You should be looking to optimize constantly. Like, yes. I mean, that should be probably a, a weekly thing where you're actually putting time aside and saying, OK, how can I optimize this to be even better? It's great that it's working, you know, and don't reinvent the wheel and you know try to break something. But there's a lot of ways where you can just optimize that will have a huge impact when you look at the whole, you know, big picture hours in the whole entire year. OK, so what do you have next? Here? Uh, you know, so so basically with the operations, I mean, you'll want to be evaluating categories of your business like list building, acquisitions, due diligence, marketing purchase transactions, resale transactions, the value add side of things. These are all different categories and processes that you can kind of look at and see how you can improve them. You know, think about them deeply, honestly, and take time to actually plan them out. I know we're all busy working in our business all the time, putting out fires, doing all this stuff, but you really should be dedicating time to think about all these processes and things and maybe a better way to do things sometimes. Right. We had a property that just kind of slipped this week where you know, normally it's like we have a set uh, system where it's like you do this, you do this, you do this. Well, um, we realized that we had a leak in our system, I guess you'd yes, say. Because a leaky system. A leaky system because before we got the broker's opinion, we ordered the engineering information, right? Yeah, the perk test. The yeah. perk test. And so, and normally, I mean, you evaluated, someone else evaluated, it was no big deal. But it turns out that what we were seeing was not the whole picture and it really was very sloped, mm-hmm. right? And so our, we recreated a new system so that this doesn't happen again where we don't order a septic until we get a broker, someone on the ground mm-hmm. that actually would be responsible for selling this. Right. And um, and how much did that cost? Like $1,000? Yeah, it was a $1,000 mistake. I mean, it's not a bit like, mm-hmm. I, to me, it's a probably that mistake at $1,000 will save us from a $25,000 mistake, you know, on a bigger engineering project later. But um, it's it's something like that where it's like, okay, this, this, we just needed to redefine our system so that that didn't happen again. And I bet if we sat down and we went through a bunch of different transactions, it would be the same kind of thing. We'd be like, oh, we could make this tiny little thing, but what can we do to make sure that we don't make that mistake? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's why you need redundancy and why having these systems in place, like this thing triggers the next thing that triggers the next thing and you can't get past it will help you in the end because a lot of times you're working pretty late at night too, and you're tired, all, you know, all yeah, sorts take, of things Take happen. the human error out of it, you know, exactly. and that's, that's one of the biggest benefits of the land conquest system, the, the business system that we're going to be offering. It's, we've got all these systems in place, everything we built over time. And uh, those are processes that you'll be able to just take and, and, and run with them and plug them into your business. Right. So. And that's a good point too, because um, anything, anytime we've had a situation like that, then we we plug a leak yeah. in land conquest. Right. We fix it. Yeah. Right. And so that you're not going to be doing the same kind of thing because, well, we've already done that. That yeah. was that was 26 months ago or that yeah. was three years ago. And then also we've got stuff like SOPs, standard operating procedures. Basically, everyone that's got a role within your company, uh, you should be documenting all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the documentation is as easy as filming a Loom video, you know, Loom screen share video and just kind of showing someone how to do things. You can get more and more advanced with that. There's some really cool AI tools that make it very, uh, very clean. You know, one of them is called Tango that we use where uh, you can basically do stuff on your screen and then it automatically records these processes into a very formal SOP, as they call them. Right. And in any business, really, though, because especially if you look at if you're a single person running the company, who is going to be your secession if you get sick? Yeah. Or, if, or if you have to have surgery or something like that, you're a lot of times these aren't planned. Like right. It just happens. And so who can jump in? And now if you record every single thing you do, and especially on the videos like that, then that person that has to step in can fill the gap until you're back in action. Yep. One final point I want to make about the operations is it's super, super important to build a really strong foundation for your land flipping business if you want to scale it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to send out more mail. And that's going to scale my business. What happens is that there's a lot of things that break when you do that. You don't have the bandwidth to take care of a lot of these things. You get bogged down in all these things. You start making mistakes Mm -hmm. and you're not really going to be able to scale. So you really need to take care of that foundation. For us, it's our business system that kind of runs everything. Once you have that foundation in place, then you can kind of scale to the moon because it's, you know, it's completely the system itself is completely scalable. It doesn't, it, it won't break at those different points. You'll have to add more staff and things as you go, but the, the foundation of your business, your processes and everything, they're all, all, you know, lined out. So. Right. It, it, people don't realize that they think that the, the key to scaling is just the mail. Yeah. And I used to leads. think that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but then you're in a situation too, where you're 
bombard like it's all at once you have all these leads coming in because you've just scaled it up yep. you know unless you're very strategic at spacing it but even then you can't that you're gonna have it in so many different what is it what like part of the transaction like you're gonna be doing so many different things that your brain can't yeah can't handle it so well mine can I'm sorry, I, everyone except can't. for I don't Pete's know. brain. Yeah, uh, no, mine can't actually. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, okay. Next thing is team building. Mm-hmm. Now, team building is very important. Now, that's that's one of the best forms of leverage uh, is the people leverage. You know, ha- bringing on people onto your team to actually do a lot of these things that you were doing everything yourself. And as you were talking about, a lot of people that are kind of solopreneurs think it, it's hard for them to get past the fact that. They're doing everything. It's going to be impossible to teach someone to do mm-hmm. what you do. It's going to be impossible. You know, they're not going to do it as well as you. How can, you know, how can we scale on my business? Because I'm kind of maxed out on right. I don't even have time to, t- to train them. Right. Exactly. I just can't do it. Yeah. So what do I do? Well, <laughs> take it piece by piece and job by job. You know, start looking at things. There's, um, there's a great book out called Buy Back Your Time. I think it's the name of it by Dan Martell. And it's a really interesting book because it talks about bringing on staff uh, kind of step by step. And his big thing is that you, you need to buy back your time. So what, what are the things that are taking most of your time? You should be hiring for those roles first. So the same thing in your land flipping business, you know, like a lot of the kind of tasks that are very time consuming, maybe not super high skilled type things, but are time consuming administrative type tasks. Those are really easy to start farming out first, you know, and you can, you can get an assistant, whether that, you know, from overseas or domestically, depending on what you're looking for. And, uh, you know, so you can relatively inexpensively add that administrative type of stuff. And then that'll clear up a lot off your off your plate. And that's what I did. Administrative first. Then I got acquisition manager to actually talk to the the sellers. And then I started adding on more and more pieces over time. And now we've got a staff of uh, about uh, nine people kind of dedicated to this land business. And we're actually bringing on a few more in the process of bringing on a few more right now. So so team building. Um so uh, you basically want to look at what team members you have now. Are each of them effective? Can they handle additional business or are they not a fit for your long-term business? So that's, you got to be honest with yourself. If you've got someone on your team, which, you know, maybe is not the best fit, it's probably doing them a disservice as well because you're probably not happy with their work and they can sense that. So maybe it's best for them to find a different opportunity. So, and then, um, you know, at what milestones, you just need to think about stuff like at what milestones Will you be adding new team members? Is it a certain revenue amount, certain profit amount, certain number of deals? You know, at, at what stage? And, and then just kind of stick to those when you can. And then where will you find new team members? You know, are you going to be looking on, you know, in Facebook groups? Are you going to be Indeed, uh, LinkedIn, any of these type of job portals? Like, where, where are you going to find these people? So, and it's also, you know, clearly it's, it's imperative to clearly define your business culture and the type of team members that you want to add to your business. Like Heather mentioned, we're big on positivity. We want people around us that are positive, people that have a, a great attitude and are looking to kind of sh- share in that mission. You know, we, we all work hard, but we don't want, we're never going to have a toxic atmosphere with yelling or negativity and that kind of stuff. It's just not what we're about. No. And I guess I'll redefine that. It's not like we're looking for someone who's like that toxic positivity, like the house is burning down and they're like, yeah, but at least we had good years. No, we just don't want anybody who would be, we want people to feel safe. They, we want people to feel happy. We want, you know, as best you can, their situations come up and we want people that uh, don't worry about being yelled at. You know, everyone makes mistakes. It's part of growing. It's, you know, I made one one time. 1963 yeah. before you were even born, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah. We just want people who who are free to do their absolute best that um, enjoy their off time. You know, yep. we, we don't want you thinking you need to check at midnight. And no, you know. no, no, no. We want people when it's outside of working hours, do your life. You know, that's what's, you know. Yeah. And we prioritize it. You, you want yeah. to travel or take time off. That's great. You uh-huh. know, um, so it's something like that. We just up front, we're like, hey, we don't we, we don't want you stressed out. That's right. the whole thing. We want to create a, le- a low stress situation. Right. So yeah. That's our culture, if you will. Yeah. That and the polka dancing. Wait, was it? Po- Wait, what did I say? Zumba. 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 Yeah. Heather's he loves Zumba. his Zumba dancing. I don't know. Is Zumba even dancing or is that like a workout? It's a it's a wor- it's a dancing workout oh, okay. type situation. I've never done it. Me neither. I think it well, would be really knowledgeable. I would it. really embarrass myself if I, I think I saw it happening on a cruise ship one time when I went into the gym. When they were doing a Zumba. Have you Zumba ever? Class. We've never danced. Even at our wedding, did we dance? Well, you know, like the kind of. Yeah, slow we're not really dancers. Stuff like you do so. in middle school. Yeah, that's probably the extent of it, too. We're like, okay, this is mandatory. 
story. Like you've got three minutes. We're out of here. Um, okay. And you say here, um, only add team members that fit within your culture and vision, which obviously that's, but you have to define what that is. And define beforehand, it. Yep. You know, like put some real thought into it. Mm-hmm. Write it down, and then move on quickly if a team member is not working out as you hoped. That's the whole hire quick, fire faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't give up and constantly strive to build an elite team. That, that's the thing. It might become so frustrating. You train somebody, you think it's going to work out, and it just doesn't. Like they just don't get it, or your personalities clash, or I don't know, whatever it is. It's hard to let go. But the only regrets we have is when we've kept people on longer because we're like, well, maybe this or yeah, maybe, maybe that. Maybe we can make it work. But, you right. know, but and you sometimes know. you can shift them to a different position. If yes. they're if they're really a, like a, a bright person, but it's just not a good fit. And there's things that I'm not a good fit for. It's not personal. It's just is or isn't. So you could try that. But if it's not, it's you both need to be cut loose, right? Yeah. Um, and then your team will be a significant factor in the success of scaling your business. You yeah. get the right people and you'll be shocked at how well you can scale. Exactly. Yep. Last category that on here is our risks. I feel like this should be like Heather's. Um, yeah. Heather loves risks. Yeah. She loves talking about, she thinks about risks all the time. I, I just think about the rewards. So. Yeah, but I'm the company risk mitigator. Okay. Well, to some good extent. for you. Think, yeah. Just put that, Heather. Yeah. Risk mitigator. So with scaling comes additional risks. Mm-hmm. You've got risk like the real estate market itself. You know, obviously we saw that in the real estate crash of 2008. Um, you know, we're kind of, we were, you know, in the single family home market at the time and values dropped like 50%. So it was a severe crash. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so, so anything like that is always possible. I know we've had a lot of talk about that recently and you know, none of that's really come to fruition, but not a crash like that, at least. Mm-hmm. But the real estate market is always a risk. You know? And anyone who tells you they know exactly what's going to happen, I say this all the time, doesn't know anything. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to tell you, oh, it's definitely going to happen or it's definitely not going to happen. Do not listen to me. Yeah, because don't listen you, to Heather. Don't listen to me, right? You cannot. And any that's my big thing is that anybody who promises that they know they're lying to you yeah. because even the biggest experts at that time didn't know. And then there were some people that were calling it and saying it was going to happen and people were calling them, you know, they didn't know what they were talking about. So to mitigate risk is to be well prepared for any market. Yep. And that's the whole thing. And, and during that time, we did shift to short sales and REOs and yeah. BPOs and stuff. So, you know, the the more conservative you can be in, on your investments, the properties that you buy and uh, the less risky it is. Also, the quicker you can sell them, the less risky it is. And that's the whole thing. That is the number one takeaway from our business is that we don't try to squeeze out every last penny. The goal is to move it as quickly as possible. And then it's a win-win for everybody. Take a profit. You Mm -hmm. know, it may not be as much profit as you thought, but move on. Move on to the next deal. That's that's our thing. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, the real estate market, you can't control that. You know, if the media is telling you something's going to happen, know that there's a good chance it'll happen just because they've said it's going to happen, but that's not a guarantee it's going to happen. So it goes back into that whole, you know, or that it would have happened or whatever. So just stay tuned in on your market. Stay tuned in, but you know, don't, um, just stay aware. Stay aware. That's yeah, and also local area market is completely different. So know yeah. that a national Every thing. Market's different. And also land is different than houses, which is different than commercial, which is different than everything else out there. Financial. Yeah, financial risk. Now, obviously, this could be a deal by deal situation. You've got the risk of buying a property, spending too much money on a property and, and losing money on that deal. So that could be a financial risk. Boost your land flipping earnings with our new land conquest business system. It's designed for efficiency and effectiveness. This cutting-edge software tool is your key to success in the land flipping industry. Streamline and automate your operations to scale your business to new heights. With our system, you get a customizable website with six professional templates to choose from, up to five dedicated phone numbers, each with their own chosen area codes for creating a trustworthy local presence. And as a bonus, you'll get a $25 credit for SMS and email sends. You'll also get access to our tech team to build any automations or customizations that you want. And not to mention, we've got a great dedicated community to the Land Conquest business system to help us all thrive together. And with every step of the way, you get our 24-7 live chat support. But that's not all. You'll also gain access to our exclusive community to connect and grow with fellow land flippers. Seize the opportunity to transform your business. Visit software.landconquest.com to check out the Land Conquest business system and unlock the next stage of your land flipping success. Uh, Another financial risk could be dumping a whole bunch of money into marketing, maybe a a mailer that just didn't pan out. That's that's a risk. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, you've got other financial risks like spending money for staff that didn't work out or something like that as well. So all these things, you know, businesses involve money. So you spend money in businesses 
and you spend money with the goal of making more money. So not every move you make, not everything you spend money on is going to pan out like you thought. So, uh, but like we talked about earlier, you just want that trend line going up. So there's risks involved with that. So then management complexities, you know, the more people that you bring onto your team, uh, the harder it is to manage. And you may think, okay, well, it's not too hard to manage five people or seven people or something like that. But I could tell you, it gets, it gets really tough if you're the center point of that hub, everyone's coming at you and asking you questions about all these things, um, you know, directly, which allows very lim- limited time for you to actually work on the bigger picture type stuff. So at some point you need to kind of put some complexities into place. Uh, you know, not as many people directly reporting to you or empower uh, them to make their own decisions. Yes. If you get exactly. the ideal team. I think people that's lost on a lot of people that when you say management complexities or managing people, they think, Pete, did you yeah, file this paper? Micromanaging. Today? Pete, yeah. did you do this? I have to stay on Pete to do that. No, if you have the right team, you don't have to do any of that. No. It's them coming to you for that final approval or questioning things that constant. Yep. That's where you talk about where it, it gets, um, it, it bogs you down. But ideally, then you hire someone else that, that handles that complexity or you empower them to make their own decisions. Yeah, that's a good point. And then also regulatory changes. You know, things could happen, you know, like um, I know. Like whole, Airbnb people. Airbnb people. That's, yeah, that's a that's a great example. Mm-hmm. You know, like they bought a bunch of properties in a certain area and then, then they outlaw Airbnbs in that area. Uh, I see other stuff happening with people that are into wholesaling. Certain states have enacted laws where wholesaling, you can't do wholesaling. So you mm-hmm. have to change your business model to actually buy the properties and then resell it. You know, there's always stuff that, that can come up with like that. So you just have to stay aware of that and, uh, and be on move top of those quick. things. Move quickly. Find the yes. solution because the people that can't find the solution and don't move quick enough will be the ones that'll fail. Yep. You get on that and you make this change, whatever you're going to be the successful one. Yeah. And then we've got property specific challenges. Those things come up because, you know, any of these properties you buy, you're going to have potential issues that could come up. And the more properties you have, you buy, the more potential issues mm-hmm. that you have. So we've talked about problems that can come up in the land flipping business. I think that was two episodes ago. So that's a great one to watch mm-hmm. if you're interested in, you know, not, not everything is sunshine and roses all the time. There's always going to be issues that come up and the more business you do, the more issues. So you're going to have challenges as you scale. You just need to deal with those issues as they come up. Right. Don't get emotional about it. It's not personal. The biggest thing that you can possibly do is just look at it as a problem and say, how can I solve this problem or not? Yep. Or not. If you haven't bought it, it might be like not going to happen. Yeah. I like how you use the word deeply, deeply yes. consider how to mitigate the these potential risks. If things don't go exactly as planned, how will you adapt? I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. And things never go exactly as planned. Are you willing to accept the risk to achieve the reward? I, it, it is. You could have said it better yourself because you wrote that. Yes, I did write that. Very impressive. Uh, Deeply and proud of you. Yeah. That. So that's how you scale your land flipping business. It's that easy, right? No, but <laughs> those are all things you need to consider. Uh, so scaling uh, is not just as um, a matter of sending out more mail. There's a lot more that goes into it. So hopefully we got you thinking about. Yeah. And we talk more about this on landconquest.com in the community is a great resource for that. And then you also go into it, you know, we have tools to help you. So you're not alone when you're at that point. Oh, we've got your back. Yep. So why don't we get into the questions, Heather? Mm -hmm. I've got like, maybe like we'll do one or two here. Okay. Um, And let's see, where did they go? Yeah. So these questions are obviously pulled from our land flipping community, landconquest.com. I know I'll remind, keep reminding you about that. Where can everybody find you on social media? Oh, social media. You can find me on Instagram at Reese Peter on YouTube. We're really trying to put a lot of effort into our YouTube. So it's not just, you know, we obviously put these podcasts on there. We've got an um, income report to go on there. And then we've got a lot of other content that we've got planned that's going to be releasing on YouTube as well. So follow us on YouTube at Turning Profit. And uh, yeah. if you are listening to this um, on your favorite podcast listening thingy, um, we love thumbs up or rates yeah. or whatever. Um, just rate Pete. I know he's the the main guy of the show here, so it's fine. You can you can give him the five stars. Um, and then the other thing too is if you're listening to this on YouTube, um, it's even more dynamic. It's kind of more of experience and there's more to it. So right. we would love for you to hop on over to YouTube and you can actually watch these. And, and subscribe um, if and, you haven't. Right. And if you're list- if you're watching on YouTube right now, why haven't you subscribed, right? You probably yes. have, but please yes. do. Yes, okay, we would so love it. Let's get into this question okay. from Owen. Valuing wetland, landlocked properties. How does everyone value these types of properties? I know the offer should be considerable lower, but are there ways to value them from places like Zillow? Yeah. Okay. So you just have to take it property by property. Some areas, there are things, um, you know, there's two things there that we're talking about. We're talking about wetlands and we're talking about landlocked. So landlocked properties, honestly, we don't get into them at all. Uh, If you're going to buy a landlocked property, 
you're going and you're actually going to close on it while it's still landlocked, I would buy it ultra cheap, like 10 cents on the dollar or something like right. that. Right. It'd have to be like so cheap that someone would buy it just for fun. Yeah, exactly. It's someone mm-hmm. that had a helicopter. So landlock, we don't really mess with. There's a whole business in kind of unlocking those landlocked properties, mm-hmm. getting access and everything like that. But that takes time and it takes money. You need to know what you're doing. You need yes. to have a specialized understanding of local ordinances, rules, regulations, how to deal with people, companies. I think you're going to need to be on the ground for that too. Yeah. Because you might be knocking on people's doors. It's not as easy as it sounds. Some might go very easily, but but uh, I think it's, it's going to be a challenge, honestly, to get into that business until you get a lot more experience kind of. And we also have built our company on the path of least resistance to some extent. It's not worth it to have like these stressful things. We don't have time for that. Right. Like you could specialize in that and maybe heck, if that's your thing, go for it. But that's not our plan or mm-hmm. our path. And I feel like there's a lot better use of your time, energy and, you know, stress level doing things differently. Yep. And then the wetlands thing, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the properties we buy actually have a portion of them wetlands. It's rare that we'll buy a property that's 100% wetlands. It's just certain areas that's kind of prevalent. So, you know, like a certain area might be kind of dry by the road and then towards the back, you know, maybe there's a stream back there or something and then there's kind of a marshy wet area. So that that's kind of standard. And it really just depends. You know, we look at, you know, let's say it's a big property and 50% of it is farmland, 50% is wetlands. We kind of look at it. Uh, we break it down, you know, like what's farmland worth in that area. So we assign a value to that. What's wetlands worth in that area, which would be a lot less. And mm-hmm. we assign a value to that. We kind of blend it and come up with our best. And then estimate. you see what's the community character. What's the community using it for? Is right. this like a, a normal thing that most of the properties have this percentage of wetlands? Or is it something where it's like yours is the outliner yeah. and people would be like, oh my, you know, no yeah. way I'm touching that. That's where all the gators live. Exactly. Okay. Um, <laughs> we're going to do one more from Rafe, I think is um, how you pronounce that. Uh-huh. Investing from out of the U.S. Hi, okay. are there any land investors in the group living in another country and dealing with vacant land transactions? Thanks. Yes. Surprisingly, there are mm-hmm. a lot of investors, maybe not a lot, but there are some investors that are non-U.S. citizens living in different continents that are investing in land flipping in the United States. And I just think it's amazing because to take it look from the, from a different perspective, for us to decide, okay, I want to buy and sell stuff over in Europe or Asia or something like that. That would like, be daunting. Like that, that would, would be, be hard. It would be a hard sell for you to sell that to me. I'd yeah. Be like, no. <laughs> I've thought about buying castles before because you can buy those for pretty cheap. I know, and also like in French, um, you can buy like little chateaus and yeah. houses and stuff. Like, okay, it sounds appealing, but to actually do it, and and I know um, investors that are very successful doing it mm-hmm. as well. So it definitely can be done. And the fact is, all this knowledge is out there. We've providing it. We've mm-hmm. provided it all. All the apps and all the research tools and everything are available. So I know there's going to be more challenges to do it, mm-hmm. but there's people that have figured out every step of that process. So mm-hmm. it, it can definitely be done. And we've actually got some investors in our community that are in that situation and doing a great job. Whenever so. I I hear about these investors from out of the U.S., I'm thinking, boy, this is like the perfect example of America, land of opportunity. Yeah. Because there is no bear. I mean, there's barrier to entry, which means that you're going to have to work harder than mm-hmm. we live here. We have mm-hmm. that advantage. But there's a lot of people that will just on the top say like that can't be done. And it very much can be done. It so you've be. already eliminated that. A lot of people have actually visited here, but I'd imagine even if you haven't visited, mm-hmm. a lot of people learn English. Have you noticed that? Like they'll tell us like from watching TV shows and yeah, stuff. Yeah, TV shows and movies. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's how they'll be like, oh, we thought the West was all, you know, they'll come out here like, to, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't have cap. Like it's not like yeah. that kind of the West, but yeah, definitely can be done. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And more information at landconquest.com. Where else? Yeah, that's it. Reese Peter and YouTube mm-hmm. at, at Turning Profit. So thank you everyone for watching today. Great episode, Heather. And listening. And listening, For those of us that listen to podcasts, the the forgotten few. The forgotten few. Yeah. It's actually growing, our number of downloads, as they call it, is really, really growing. Yes, because listening to podcasts is awesome. I know you are more of a YouTube person, but whatever. All right. Well, keep listening, keep watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.